0: you're listening to earth matters on the community radio network with mickey stott i'd like to pay my respects to country and to all the elders past present and emerging who've been part of the struggle for so long for sovereignty and self-determination So here we are in Colony Australia, still on fire. And it's not a surprise, we've been predicting it for a very long time. We were acutely aware that it was coming, and here we are. From the profound tragedy of the burning of Tarania Creek, to the absurdist theatre of Eden locals crying over their wood chip mill, and everything in between. And still counting... And as mainstream white Australia finally starts to grasp, whether directly or indirectly, what it means to be a refugee, one thing I know is that all of you Earth Matters listeners in our grassroots activist communities out there will understand what I mean when I say that I have struggled to know where to begin with covering these fires. The sheer scale of... The overwhelming magnitude of it all. These fires have been a long time coming, two hundred and fifty years coming. And as we watch all our worst fears and predictions manifest in real time, the ongoing colonial folly and hubris is growing larger and more out of control than the actual fires. In all the vastness of all the stories related to these fires, the I rolled up my sleeves and picked out just two stories so that I could make a start at least with the monumental task of facing what lies ahead. Not just for me, but for all of us. Because, well, we have to start somewhere, don't we? So later in the show, we'll hear an update from Chris Shiringa from Goongra Environment Centre about what's happening on the ground with our beloved community there as they battle the ongoing fires that have so far torn through, destroying habitat, wildlife sanctuaries and homes of frontline forest activists, only just weeks after they had been cautiously celebrating the hard-won win of the VicGov finally pledging to end native forest logging in Victoria. Victoria. But first, I was lucky enough to catch Robbie and Mick Thorpe this week on 3CR's Fire First program in Fitzroy, Melbourne, where Mick shared his first-hand account of the evacuation from the Lake Tyres community in Gunai Kurnai country in East Gippsland. And I thought I'd share their wisdom with you all today.
1: 2020. Happy New Year, if you can call it that. It's been a pretty... Dramatic start to the year with all the fires, countries on fire basically. And just hope we can get on the other side of that folk. I've been predicting this is going to happen for a long time. You know, this, these fires have been coming for a long time. It's all about the disrespect for the customary law, the abuse of the land. And it's been happening since 1770. I hope um, we haven't lost everything. Yeah, it's not a good sign, folks. Anyway, we're here in 2020. That's 250 years of unchecked colonialism. No treaties, no consent. Uh, I've got my brother here who's um just come back from Lake Tyres. My younger brother, Mick. How you going, brother?
2: Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no, I've been at Lake Tyres. We had to be forced out, in a sense.
1: Did they evacuate you,
2: well, the, the sound advice was to go. If, if the highway would have been blocked off, and then you wouldn't have been able to got through. You can't stand
1: in eye of them fires. There's too much heat behind them. Yeah. You just got to get out of the way. There's no good trying to defend material possessions. Get your animals and get out
2: of there. That's it. You know, quickly as you can. It's
1: so. Uh, there was nothing on Lake. There was no fire on Lake Tires. Nothing. Oh. Nothing
2: that I, we've never could seen. could you see flames. Didn't see, didn't, didn't see no flames except that night. We could see at, at night the glow, the glow, and it was very long. You know, that was up there. It's sort of like Buckingham and all that area up there because yeah. they blocked the highway going up to that, up the hill. So
1: it's pretty um, um airy what happened up there in Malakuta and places like that. But you know, it's such a dense, densely um forested area that it's, it's yeah, dangerous. Yeah, you know? oh yeah, you know, it'd be the last place I'd be camping
2: during a, those yeah. sort of times. And with the smoke and the darkness and uh, And it just makes you irritable, and that just adds to confusion. You could really do yourself a, you know, you better be, better go. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Because you could be very easily confused. Logs could fall down. Um, Anything could happen, you know. You're just thinking.
1: That's what kills a lot of people in fires. Yeah. Is the the, the attempt to escape on the roads,
2: the dark, and then you hit another tree, you're gone.
1: Yeah. you're caught up right in the middle of the fire. Yeah. And that smoke is that you know, I'm, I'm getting a dose of it now and I, I can feel it hurting my throat. I haven't been amongst it very much at all. Mm. I'm in town here, but I can just feel it starting to scratch on my back yeah, of my throat. I and think it's my lungs.
2: Wrong. When I come to Melbourne, you can see all the way down the street. If you're in Lake Endrons or Bensdale, you can only see it's sort of like halfway down. And, yeah, wow. and And it's just, you just, um, you just sort of go, you can't breathe. Yeah, the yeah. other thing
1: that came up today, pretty disturbing, is um, an I- incident that happened in Bensdale, that yeah. ugly town, Bensdale. Yeah. Disgustingly racist town. Yeah. What happened there when the bushfire refugees were going to get um, some support? An elderly Aboriginal man was really offended and insulted it in that process of getting welfare. Yeah, $20 from, voucher or something. Something over that. How disgusting. Oh. Anyway, it's been posted all over Facebook. Yeah. You Got yeah, any I'd ideas see. who that person
2: was? But yeah, there could be oh, anyone of that community. There. No, I had a bit of an incident down the service station myself. Um, one person jumped out of a car, was going to violently attack me. I had to go out to the highway, and uh, but the incident started inside the shop. Um, what was that about? Well, I'm standing there with money, holding it up in my hand, and they're both standing there, and they're sort of just not taking any notice. And then when they did come over, oh, I'm daydreaming. I said, well, I'm not, and my stomach's not. And then he sort of didn't like what I was saying, and then he said, oh, I'm not serving you, and he walked away. I was going to throw a sauce bottle at him. So I sort of did start a little commotion there, and I waited for the police to turn up, and then, yeah, and then I was yeah, told just, to go, and um, that was it. East Gippsland's
1: always been chronically
2: racist in yeah, the yes, extreme.
1: Yes. It's it's the most richest source of um, economy for the state of the filthy, racist state of Victoria, you know. They've been hacking the trees down there for 200 years. They've been yep. stealing the oil, stealing yep. the fish. Yep. Blackfellas up there are starving on a reserve, a concentration yep. camp. I can bet and all that. these disgusting mm-hmm. uh, colonisers yep. uh, who have destroyed our our land there. They wonder why it's burning. You know, they don't understand. They, there's no, they've got no connection to the spirit of this land. That's right. And the spirit of this land hates the people on this country now. Yep. They're all going to get burnt. The yeah. only way you're not, not going to go down is, is to uh, heal the ancestor spirits of this land. They're the ones that were angry with you, yeah. and they can take you out. All right? They're the ones that will destroy you. Yeah. So uh, you know, you know, this is nothing new. The way we're to we've already been for a Holocaust Aboriginal people. We spent you know, probably a hundred years in concentration camps, you know, ghettos, and, and fringe dwelling. That's our lot. This is our sacred land no treaties, consent, all jurisdiction over it by these despicable British racist terrorists, colonisers, as they're called, who have done nothing but steal, rob, murder for what they've got on this land. Yeah, they're all in complete denial. Anyway, uh, it's It's in the hands of the ancestors now.
2: Pretty horrific, uh, what's going on. And like I say, that... The, f- the fires of yesteryear may be a little bit more cleaner to breathe, those fires, but the fires of today have got cars burning in it, houses, asbestosis, it's all in that smoke, yeah, so right. I think it doesn't sort of help you, you know, down the road, down that Well, that's That's the smog covering us, so, though,
1: yeah. in Melbourne right now, Sydney, yeah, Canberra, so they they they're really very careful of it, yeah. it's yeah, a real sign. I don't know, you yeah, they people don't see the signs coming you know i i can mm-hmm. see them coming from way way back yeah, what's yeah. going to happen because what you're doing to the land yep and you know like the fires in the past there was no way they was as bad as this it's all been opened up to forests so the the wind rushes through yeah, yeah, and um yeah, yeah. yeah there's not the old growth that's holding the, the moisture in the ground yeah yeah all those things the density of those forests protected them in, in a way they 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 allowed them to burn out but it was, yeah. you know, we never had those sorts of fires and, you know, we, we caretaked our land and, you know, and, and made sure that it was, was healthy and clean and that meant sometimes cool burning on it. And, but you yeah. can't tell these know-it-all uh, master farmers out there, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's, it was always going to end like this.
2: Yeah. And I've always said that, as we always knew, fire is a really good friend to you, but is your worst master.
1: And your worst uh, enemy is, so yep.
2: He's your worst master now, so he's out of control, he's going to be... he'll destroy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's right.
1: And um, we've got a bit of 2020 vision this year. Um, sort of 250 years of unchecked colonialism, it's all coming to a head. I think uh, these fires are symbolising that. That's the narrative. That's the perspective from Black Australia. You forced your way in here and did what you'd done. No consent treaties or jurisdiction. 2020 vision, folks. You need to deal with reality. That's all part of what's going on in this country today. You've got to heal the ancestor spirits. Our blood covers this land from your massacring. You think the ancestor spirits are happy about that?
0: And that was Robbie and Mick Thorpe on 3CR's Fire First program in Fitzroy, Melbourne this week, with Mick sharing his first-hand account of the evacuation from the Lake Tyres community on Gunai kurnay country in East Gippsland. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Next up, we'll hear an update from Chris Shuringa from Goongar Environment Centre about what's happening on the ground with the ongoing fires that have so far torn through the Goongar community in East Gippsland, destroying habitat, wildlife sanctuaries and homes of frontline forest activists. Just weeks after they had been cautiously celebrating their hard-won win when the VicGov finally pledged to end native forest logging in Victoria. So, last time we heard from you on Earth Matters was about the somewhat compromised victory with native logging in Victoria. And here we are five or six weeks later facing this unprecedented disaster for native forest habitats at East Gippsland. Are you able to give us an update on what the situation is on the ground right now in Goongarra?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, out in Goongarra, all residents have been accounted for and are safe which is incredible news unfortunately there are 10 properties that were lost in the fires including a wildlife shelter run by Rena and Joe longtime resident from Greengro and and members of Gecko as well so yeah really really devastating on the ground at the moment the extent of the damage to forest and wildlife is still being assessed but What we know is that over 800,000 hectares of land has been burned and now it's estimated a billion wildlife have died as a result of these fires. So really devastating impact on the environment. There is access now into the town uh, from the north, but residents are still cut off from the south. So, yeah, they're still pretty isolated out there and preparing for another few days of intense fire risk. The situation is still quite scary and residents are on high alert. There is grid power out there. A lot of residents are fairly self-sufficient though and do have solar. A lot of their water as well. The water is not from the mains water, it's from creeks in the area, so their water supply has been compromised as well because of soot and ash going into the creeks and also damage, fire damage to pumps that were supplying their water. So water is a real issue there at the moment and access to clean, safe drinking water. And also tanks as well. I think a lot of the residents were living on tank water. That water has also been compromised.
0: Other isolated places, including Mallacoota, have been getting emergency supplies dropped in, including water, but also medication and food and fuel. Is there any talk or sign of that happening for Goongra?
3: At the moment, it's mostly grassroots support. I think there was access to the community and a drop of supplies maybe a week ago. Contact with the residents who are there is really difficult. The power is still out. They don't have reception there or internet so it really is still quite cut off and communication into the community is really difficult. The access into Goon Grove from the north at the moment I think it's only residents so it's really hard to get people outside of the community in there to get those really important supplies. There is a lot of danger with falling trees so the risk is still there for them to be able to clear the roads and have access to supplies and, and to get out and have contact with the outside world.
0: So if, if they need to get water or more food supplies or whatever, or fuel for generators or whatever, they have to drive out through the north route yep. and get yep. them themselves. No one can bring them into them.
3: Yeah. So if that situation has changed now, again, it's really difficult to get information around the access to the roads.
0: So they've got power, but the landlines are down. Because I know normally Goongaroo you can only contact by landline. Usually, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, and it's it's scary as well. This fire risk, it's it's just the start of the season. I know that the Bureau of Meteorology has said that the worst is possibly over, and that it'll be a relatively cooler summer months coming up. But it's really hard, I think, to predict how these fires are behaving. The way that it moved through the landscape was so quick, and I think everybody has seen and, and, and agreed that this is just an unprecedented catastrophe and the way that the fire has behaved is like nothing we've seen before. So it's really alarming for the community because they've been hit by these fires and they're going to have to prepare for the coming months to try and continue to save their property and save their community. So it's really, really important that resources and fundraising and support is going into these communities so that they can actually prepare for the coming months.
0: And of course, there's a lot of people who had to evacuate who still need to get back and find out what's happening with, um, I guess, domestic animals or um, livestock or whatever. But um, also, as you mentioned earlier, there's the Wallabia Wildlife Shelter, Mm -hmm. which has been devastated. And also the Goongra Wombat Orphanage, their house is still there, but they don't really know what the status is of
3: they actually put up a post on their Facebook last night that they have returned to their property and they left out a big bag of feed and all of the wombats that they'd rescued survived. So really, really amazing news that they've been able to, to go back to return to their house and that the animals have actually survived, which is incredible. Absolutely amazing news. But, the surrounding bush is still absolutely devastated and so their work is going to be critical in the coming months considering the devastation to the surrounding forests there's going to be so many animals that have been left homeless, starving, have lost their habitat. So their work is just going to be so important in the next few months in terms of rehabilitation for wildlife in the area.
0: How are people coping, like say, you know, when they come across injured or native animals? Have you heard any stories about that?
3: I'm not really across support for native animals on the ground at the moment. I think because there's still fire risk, it's really difficult to get out into areas and actually rescue or provide support for injured wildlife. But gecko, in the future, once it's safe to do so, will be concentrating our efforts on surveying these areas and going into the fire-affected areas and, and assessing the damage and also trying to campaign to have areas that are unburnt protected, and as well surveying for injured animals and trying to get that on-the-ground support for wildlife.
0: But that's going to be a horrendous task over the next few months for gecko and mm. other people going in and surveying the damage and seeing what yeah. can be salvaged. Yeah. Do you think you might need bodies on the ground, or it's a bit hard to say at this point and people should just like stay posted?
3: I haven't got any concrete plans, but we were going to run a citizen science camp around March, but maybe now uh, organising working bees and, yeah, surveys and things like that. We'll definitely be looking at doing that. People can stay updated on our Facebook page or on our website if people want to get involved with on-the-ground survey efforts and stuff like that once it's safe, possibly, yeah.
0: And I know it's yeah. early days now, and, you know, as we've acknowledged the immediate task right now is to support on the ground for Gungra community... But has there been any talk about whether or not in Victoria we'll be pressing for an immediate native logging moratorium as we're seeing in New South Wales over the last couple of months? There's been calls for that in New South Wales.
3: Yeah, I think that um, while it's it's really important to focus on the immediate catastrophe, but definitely thinking about long-term what this means for growth forests, rainforests, especially the Greater Glider, considering that as part of the government announcement there were immediate protection areas that were put aside for the Greater Glider, like Key Habitat, which I think around 90% has burned. Populations of the Glider in East Gippsland have been most likely severely impacted by these fires. The conversation now is about how do we protect the remaining unburnt forest? And a lot of the forest that has been unburnt is really key greater glider habitat, such as in the Aranunda Plateau, Bendoc, and we will be pushing for the government to ensure that those areas are protected, especially in the wake of an article recently came out where the CFMEU have been talking about opening up areas of a national park for selective logging and we know that logging actually exacerbates bushfire risk so it's really really important to get the message out that so much has been lost so much wildlife has been affected while we don't know the full extent of the damage it's really important that we actually protect and conserve the places that are left because they're going to be so critical in ensuring that threatened species
0: survive this catastrophe. So that's something that we'll gear up for I think over the next few months but yeah, as we've said in the short term we need to also care for those humans on the ground in the Goongra community who fight that good fight. Do you reckon the best website to go to is GoongraSurvives.net? Yeah the website's been put
3: together by friends and family and ex-residents of Goongra and it's has all the links to the ways that you can donate and also a list of important supplies and resources that the community is going to need going forward, local drop-off hubs to get involved if people are interested in helping out the community and supporting those efforts on the ground to make sure that they're prepared for the next few months and also for critical wildlife shelters that are going to be doing amazing work in the next few months. And already so much support has been flowing in. Really heartwarming to see how much people care and how
0: much people want to get involved. Well, it's a very sort of unique place, Goongar, I think, in that, you know, there's been grassroots environmental collectives and campaigns going on there for such a long time. And so there's kind of like this diaspora of ex-residents or people who've been involved over the years or whatever. So Gunga is in all of our hearts.
3: Yeah, I think so many people have visited and into the camps and also seen the forest and you definitely feel a really special connection to the place and the people that live there,
0: absolutely. And so Cold Hard Cash, there's like a few fundraisers. Also I notice on the website the two main things that are really desperately needed is first aid supplies and water, drinking water I would assume, um, yep. and then fuel and star pickets. What do they mean yeah, star pickets?
3: That yeah, so that's to, to build temporary fences because ah. a lot of um, a lot of the community members have animals. So yep. that's about yeah, creating temporary fences.
0: Yeah, because I see animal fencing's fence. been destroyed, toilet paper, animal food, and human food, of course. Yeah. What about in terms of moral support? How do you think everyone's coping? Like actual residents from the community.
3: I think the the community of Gerngar. It is so resilient and people are so connected and supportive of each other. I think that while obviously this has been really devastating and also the trauma of going through something so catastrophic like, like this, it's, yeah, it's, it's, of course it's going to have a massive impact. Because they are cut off from social media and the outside world, they may not receive those the messages of support that have just been flowing in. But I think as the community opens up a little bit more and people are able, when it's safe to do so, to come in to access and visit visit the folks out there, then we'll be able to talk and tell them about how much support. There's definitely something to say about the ongoing effects climate change and the people in rural and isolated communities that are close to these areas that are now really, really prone to fire and, and catastrophe, like they face ongoing challenges in this climate emergency and so it's also important that wider action for climate change is also pushed and I think the conversations in the media and the conversations that people are having about pushing climate change and pushing the government is really great as well, but it also does sort of feel like we have have been abandoned by the government and that people and communities have to step up and do the work themselves because we're just facing unprecedented climate catastrophe. Government has turned their backs on people most vulnerable to the effects of climate change. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Today on the show we heard from Robbie and Mick Thorpe on 3CR's Fire First program in Fitzroy, Melbourne this week, with Mick sharing his first-hand account of the evacuation from the Lake Tyres community on Gunai Kurnai country in East Gippsland. If you want to check out more stories from the Fire First program, you can go to 3cr.org.au forward slash firefirst. This week on the show, we also heard an update from Chris Sharinga at Goongra Environment Centre about what's happening on the ground with the ongoing fires in Goongra. If you want to find out more about how to support the local activist community there so that they can get back on their feet again to do the good work that they do protecting country, go to goongrasurvives.net. You can find all of the various fundraisers on there, And you can also stay in touch with Goongar Environment Centre updates at gecko.org.au or check them out on your socials. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in bringing you this program today and the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous support. Earth Matters is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy, Melbourne and we can be contacted at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for now, but tune in next week for more environmental and social justice stories.
2: Genocide here is a lot more sneaky than it is in Rwanda or other places around the
1: world. It's one thing white learnt in the last 200 years to be very sneaky about their genocide.
2: You look at the 38 nations that were here before White Settlement and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country. Well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the
0: other 13? Let's talk about the Black GST. Genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. No Tune in to Fire First no, every Wednesday from 11am till 12 rest midday rest on 3CR with on Robbie Thorpe.
3: All... Hey. Thank you, sir. There. Those people who have no land rights haven't got justice, but neither do those people who have land rights have justice.
2: You're listening to Community Radio Network around Australia, brought to you by 3 Community Radio. So stay tuned as we bring you news, live updates, music and interviews with Aboriginal people from around the country. The only free body we have is the Aboriginal government on the grassroots and the aboriginal embassy on the lawns outside the old parliament house. We will not go away and as that stone rests in that mountain and as our spirit rests in this country and over this country we will not go away, neither shall our power pass and that is here forever until justice comes.